here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Should we begin with the puking, or should we begin with... Hold on, what am I doing? This this show brought to you by Voices of Wrestling. Holy, <laughs> what am I doing here? Are you... You had a drink, didn't you? No. All right. But I, I thought I put the Voices of Wrestling intro in front of all of our other intros, like in one file instead of two, but apparently uh, not this one. I actually enjoyed your talking of today earlier today. I was reading that about your TV appearances. My TV appearances. <laughs> oh, uh, on uh, like the Nickelodeon show, Legends whatever of the you Hidden did. Temple. God, I remember that show, although I never watched. It. I was a little it was, old. Well, we so. were at, we were at Universal Studios. Okay, and um, we went to. They were taping Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> and I guess they tape like a million shows a day. And now, or and now it's TNA. So fucking. <laughs> yeah, we were there and we went on the rides, but then we got you know we got into a taping of Legends of the Hidden Temple of all things. Okay. Yeah, it was good times. Good times. All right. I think I figured out how to work a computer. All right. Good. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Robin McCarron. Should we begin with the puking? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I just closed the file while it was playing. Fucking killing me here, Rob. I closed it. Well, make this part, should I, please make this should I even replay it? Should oh, I, sure. Should Let's I look- even try? Take two. Oh my god! No, I'm not even gonna do the whole thing. I'm gonna do this one, and All we're right. gonna, and it's gonna be in the whole shot and everything. Oh, it's oh, just good. going. Robin here. McCarron. Should we begin with the puking, or should we begin with the topics that will change the face of WWE forever? Jeff Hawkins. We are not here to talk about Curtis Hughes. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Nobody's listening for hockey talk. And that, my friends, <laughs> is what happens when you record on a Wednesday and you're used to Tuesday. Rob McCarron oh, here, Jeff Hawkins as well. That's what I'm blaming it on anyway, Jeff. That's what I'm blaming it on. How are you today, Jeff Hawkins? I like to think you're, you're, you're hammered out of your mind, but that's not oh, going to be happening. If only I could I'm have that. Well. If only I used that excuse. Go Virginia. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Hey, Virginia won today. The Kings made a trade. They've won eight straight. Hockey talk. Yay! Um, so uh, so uh, apropos, I've been Patrick Kane some... out for four months or whatever it is. F that guy. Whoa! Um, <laughs> hey now. Hey, it's the Blackhawks. Kings fans don't like the Blackhawks. Chicago's been getting some bad news lately. Oh, Derek Rose out. Well, Derek Rose can now sit in his meetings. That was that was my favorite That's quote true. of that whole Derek Rose thing. It's like I have to be able to sit comfortably in meetings. I'm like, dude, you got caught cheating on your SATs. What what kind of board of directors is going to invite you? All of them, because he's okay. Derek Rose. Yeah, some enjoyable wrestling this week. There was some good wrestling. There was some. Uh, there was some there was not some, so good there was wrestling. Some, there, there, was was some there was some raw. There was some raw. I I found some positives out of raw. I liked I, it. There enough. are a couple. There are a couple positives. As I said during raw. It's just the three hours, and again, this is the complaint everyone has. This is the complaint I've had. Three hours is a long time. Like, it's not even that I dislike Raw, because I like Raw. I've liked Raw for the last 15 years that I've watched it. I watch it, you know, what, 18 years that I've watched it. I like watching Raw. You have to watch it live, which is the But I watch it live, and it's three hours (laughs) long, and it gets a little tiring. Mm -hmm. If these shows were two hours, they'd be great. The extra hour is what's heard. It hasn't necessarily been... And people talk, oh, the creative is poor. Well, it's poorer because they have three hours to fill each week than they have. I mean, that's an extra four to five hours of TV a week. They have to write with guys that they're really not all that thrilled about. I mean, let's put Sin Cara and Curtis Axel on TV just because we need to fill time. It's not like they're enthused to put those guys on TV. They just have to fill time. So the motivation is not going to be there to, to make something great happen on TV. Motivation is to fill time. Yeah, and that's what it feels like at times, except for the top of the card. 
But now we're going to get back, you know, to 20 minute Sheamus matches in the middle of Raw. And I'm dreading it, Jeff. I'm dreading she- it. Sheamus is solid. Solid. But I don't need to see 20 minute Sheamus and Curtis Axel matches on Raw. I don't need to see 20 minute Sheamus Dolph Ziggler matches on Raw every week when Dolph Ziggler was around and Sheamus was around. Oh, wait till they start giving equal time to the women and you get 20 minute Cameron versus Ava Marie matches. Yeah, think about what you guys are asking for with this Give Divas a Chance on the WWE roster. Be happy you get the 20-minute matches. I mean, next week, Sasha Banks and Charlotte is main eventing NXT. Excellent. Main eventing the show. Looking forward to that like you wouldn't believe. Enjoy it on NXT. I don't need to see 20-minute, you know, who's the top girl right now? Paige? You want to see a 15-minute Paige match on Raw? It depends against who. I don't think I want to see that against anybody. And I'm a, the biggest page fan there is. But I don't want to see 15-minute page matches. I'd, I'd really think they need to have some sort of reorganization. But that's, you know, use, use I mean, it goes to all our complaints. You know, you use that SmackDown show to make things interesting for people who aren't that interesting. And, you know, you build a women's division or a tag team division or in my dream fantasy booking that's what I'd do, but Dream that's me. Booking, sure. Well, this, you know, I'd, I'd I'd build a nice women's division. I'd hire right. Mia Yim and Leva Bates and put Sarah Del Rey up there, and they'd be the people helping my stars get over. And then I'd bring up a bunch of the NXT women, and that'd be our number one of SmackDown, and then our number two would be my tag team division. I wouldn't so, be hiring Leva Bates. Really? Sorry, no. I, I thought she was pretty darn solid this, this last week against uh, Sasha Banks. I enjoyed what she was doing. She's all right, I guess, if you like that sort of thing. You're such a hater. I'm not a hater. <laughs> yes, all women. Hashtag. I did that wrong. This show, Shake Them Rope 68, by the way. That's what we're on. Hi, kids. Started off as a train wreck. Sure to end as one as well. So get ready. It's because uh, you're driving. We have two weeks of NXT TV that we're going to talk about. We literally just watched this week's NXT and then started mm-hmm. the show. So maybe that's why I'm a little frazzled because we just watched Finn Balor against Brian Kendrick, as well as the beginning of the greatest feud in WWE history. <laughs> and we'll get to that in a little bit. Match number 87. We're going to talk about on our uh, continuing top 100 matches of WWE network to see. We're at match mm-hmm. number 87. The complete list is at shakethumbropes.com slash top 100. We're going to talk about a cruiserweight title triangle match from mm-hmm. Starcade. Of 1998, it was indeed for the cruiserweight title, so that mystery was solved as I watched that match also today. So we're going to talk about that later. But first, we have WWE talk. Okay, I know you're so excited, Jeff. Um, you know what? I'm fine with it. I'm I'm not being terribly negative. I mean, I you wanted to kind of touch base on we, Raw, even though you know it's what? A we can later. scrap the entire plans, and if you'd like, just talk about. Sable going to WCW in 1999 and what could have happened <laughs> no, if you'd rather. No, no. She made no, that one appearance, Jeff, no. just randomly in the crowd on Nitro in 1998 or 99. What would have no, happened thanks. if Sable had been the face of WCW? All right, let's get off this. Go All to right. Raw. Uh, Brock Lesnar was at Raw this week, didn't appear, kept waiting for Brock Lesnar to show up because WWE... Dot com made a huge deal about how he was there and how he was going to appear. Didn't show up. Contract dispute, whatever the case may be. Walked out. Brock Lesnar, not on the show. Uh, I don't expect... I, this is the second main event that Brock Lesnar will have had at a WrestleMania. The first one being Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 19. Mm-hmm. Both main events. Maybe this one not so seriously so. But both main events have been in jeopardy as late as a month out from the show. Last time it was because Kurt Angle broke his neck but decided to do the match anyway. And this one is because Brock Lesnar ain't so happy with Vince McMahon's negotiating style. Well, I mean, you have a couple of things. I mean, it's not just Brock. I mean, you also have, I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, Roman Reigns could re-injure himself. He could. I don't see that happening. Roman Reigns, because as Daniel Bryan tells you, he's strong. He's got the looks. He's got the power wanna, and the size. You want to go into that now? You want to go into that? We can you go, go into, into that it. now. Daniel Bryan yeah. and, and Roman Reigns. Daniel Bryan has cut some amazing promos in the I last 48 ask, hours. I need to ask you something. Was, sure. this, was this genius on the WWE's part or was this fear? 
Because you're, you're, or neither? was it both? Neither? It could be both. It could be neither well, as well. It was Daniel Bryan, who's an out of the main event picture, who's putting over the top guy. Because if the fans respect Daniel Bryan, in theory, they would respect Daniel Bryan for admitting that Roman was the better guy. And in theory, start to get on Roman's bandwagon as he faces Brock Lesnar. Like if our favorite guy, Daniel Bryan, couldn't beat Brock, well, at least the guy who beat Brian should have a shot. So let's cheer him as he and goes he com- into WrestleMania. Well, he completely kind of undermined his own credibility in, in terms of, you know, I don't deserve to be in the match and all that other stuff. And then you follow well, that up with, with Heyman coming out and putting over Roman. Right. Well, what's, just, what's the problem and, oh, with that? I don't have a problem necessarily. There's no problem with that's what you should do. Well, okay, that's what I'm asking here because yeah. for me it's trepidation. I mean, you had this would be the time for Roman to cut a really good promo, I would think. And what you're doing right? is basically <laughs> but you, he can't. You threw, well, okay. So but if someone else does it for hold him. On, hold on. If 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 you're cutting him off like that and you're putting basically water wings on him and throwing him in the deep end of the pool, Aren't you telling me that he's not really ready to be at this point? No, they're doing what Paul Heyman did so excellently in the late 90s is concentrating on the strengths of Roman Reigns and kind of hide the weaknesses. The weaknesses being 10 minute promos in front of the live crowd. The fact that he can't talk. Well, okay, so you're going to give him the belt. How are you going to hide it after that? That's that's just a concern. The hope is that he would get better. And it's not like he has to talk. How much has Brock Lesnar talked in the last year? Well, I mean, even when he talked, I mean, I noticed this. I hadn't, I haven't, I've had a chance to listen to a lot of critiques of Raw. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that Roman kind of went into, uh, for lack of a better term, towards when he when he was starting to cut the promo on Paul Heyman, kind of that John Cena streetwise persona type thing, where he got a, just a little bit more, uh, for lack of a better term, more John well, Cena y. Well, I was going to use a term that might have been seen as offensive, so I'm not going to say it. But he got a little Good. bit more. He got a little bit more street wise in terms of you know play. You know, <laughs> he should be himself. I know, and we he's were not. criticizing a month ago how he's cutting these you know goofball riddle promos and you know telling stories. Just be himself yeah. when he's backstage. I go back to the backstage segments that the Shield did with Renee Young and how Roman Reigns, his personality shown. And he was himself. That's what he should be doing on TV. Yeah, but it was like a it was like a switch turned on. He did that. And, and the other thing, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you noticed my comments on this. You know who Roman reminds me of in both emoting and his promo style who? before that? Lex Luger. Okay, I, he, has, he has kind of that forced emoting and a kind of that. I can that, see. I can see a little bit of that. Very yeah. key type thing. Yeah. No. It, it, I mean, because I was watching a couple of Lex Luger promos on on uh, on the network, and I was like, my God, it's how unfortunate it's un- for you. It's it's uncanny. Well, this one was pretty good. So, yeah. Roman Reigns. I, again, I have no problem with Daniel Bryan going have, out there and what and what yeah. their plan was. Daniel Bryan okay. put over the guy that beat you because. Yeah, Daniel it's, Bryan thought he deserved the world title match at WrestleMania because he thought he could beat Roman. He, you know, wanted his match back. Well, he lost to Roman, so now he's like, okay, maybe I don't deserve it. That's not yeah, lacking no, credibility. That's you no, know, Daniel Bryan being wise. I yeah, my my tweet was during Raw when I was watching it was kind of it it was a dual thing because I wasn't sure if it was genius or a lack of faith. So, I mean, and I've been accused of being a little bit overly critical at times. So no, that, I, that I was just, just something you had to do because your main event is Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. You need everyone on that roster. You know, if anyone was going to get TV time with Roman, Roman's the star. He's the big guy in the big match. He's the best one on the roster. Who's not Brock Lesnar. So if you're going to be in a promo with him, Put him over. I have no problem yeah. with Daniel Bryan, the loser of the match at Fastlane, putting over Roman Reigns. I have no problem I with w- Paul Heyman putting him over because he's the opponent. You don't have to run down your opponents. You know, Triple H always did that. Oh, he still does. He still does. But Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman should be, be you know what, Roman, you're the best guy to face me. You're the best and guy who's not me. I think he should have been a bigger presence on this Raw as opposed to Stephanie McMahon. I just, I don't, I didn't understand that whole call right there where Stephanie's just emasculating your top heel brow beating Seth Rollins putting him basically in timeouts you're retconning the entire Randy Orton face turn Randy Orton 
Randy Orton returns. That was, inexpl- that was inexplicable to me. I, could, I couldn't just- believe it. Randy Orton returns, and then they go back to him, you know, maybe being a part of the authority, maybe not. We all know how this is going to turn out, right? We all know that Randy Orton and Seth Rollins are going to come to a head at some point, like well, that's big why time. It's, that's why it's so ineffective is that everybody's ahead of the script on this one, and the only way to if he find if they find out about this or they get some sort of self-awareness, the only way to swerve people or give the unexpectedness is to keep Randy Orton as part of the authority, which I don't think is going to happen. But still, I'm like, why didn't you just the big, the big breakup should have been when Randy Orton was taken out by Seth Rollins, that the end of the second guessing, the end of guessing, because they were doing this four months ago, will Randy Orton and Seth Rollins coexist? And then uh, finally Seth Rollins takes him out. That should have been the end of the, will they coexist? And now we're back to the continuation. Rollins was never punished by the authority for doing that. Why would you go back well, to them and say, you never had my back on this whole thing? I, I just, it, and it also, it just, once he turns again, it's not going to do anything. It's really not. It, it, they've, they've ruined, not ruin, ruin may be a strong word. Oh, no, it's but definitely it's, hurt. Well, it's the, well, yeah, it's the law of diminishing returns. He turned once. Now he has to turn again. It's just. I would have been much I, happier if, if Randy Orton just comes back and doesn't even talk on the shows. Just yes. anytime Seth Rollins is in a match or something, Randy Orton just magically appears. And then the two weeks before Mania, you book the match and it's finalized and they do something, whatever. But Randy Orton being like Sting for a month where he just comes out and attacks Hulk Hogan every once in a while. Oh, and, and you know what? So that would play right into the Triple H Sting. Angle too, yeah. Sure. Do that. That that's a no. That's a great idea. I think that's I, a great idea. Yeah, I, every once in but a while. Once I have you one. had a, well, you know, it's, it's, can't have them all the time. But Randy Orton's blind. back. <laughs> Randy Orton's back. You know, I'm happy that Randy Orton's back. At least it gives us another body on the show. It gives us another star on the show. But I, I like him. I've just never liked him as a face for some reason. But we're he gonna never... head into March of 2015. You know, less than a month from WrestleMania. We're going to head in with Randy Orton and Seth Rollins both being in the authority again for at least a week or two. Yeah. You would think at least a week or two, right? Uh, I think next week they probably break him off permanently. And I, I loved how Triple H was a part of this segment, too. Triple H comes out with Stephanie and the Big Show and Kane, and they're part of the Randy Orton segment. You know, I I really thought they were just going to separate all these guys. We talked about it last week with the Big Show and Kane possibly separating off and then Triple H going into a Sting thing. But no, they're just involved in every... There's three matches on this show that the Authority is a part of, and they're a part of every single segment. And who are they building? Nobody. They're not really build, They're not really helping anybody, I don't Seth think. Seth Rollins hasn't been built up. Randy Orton's not being built up right now. I would love it just so much if they just took Triple H and put him with Sting... Seth Seth Stephanie been, and put him with one thing. Yeah. Get the Big Show and Kane because they're going to be in the Andre Battle Royal, right? Big Show and Kane, you think? Yeah. Unless, unless they do. Well, it depends on if the SmackDown tapings mean anything or not. I still, I'm still going with the triangle. I still think they're going to get involved with Daniel Bryan again because that generates heat. And well, that's the story. Let's talk about this. This other big thing. Hold from, on. Uh, I want to mention something. It's piggybacking off yours. Sure. Not only has Seth Rollins not been built up, he's been torn down. They're an albatross around his neck. I thought he was on the rise, like big in a big time way. Obviously, the Royal Rumble main event, I think, did a great thing for him because he stood tall with both Cena and Brock Lesnar. I agree. But, and I think, and and we've gone over this before. The worst thing they did was make, make it hammer at home all the time is that Seth Rollins is still pining for the authority over and over instead of just kind of having it tangentially there. And him and J and J are starting to build themselves up as a little heel stable here. And then when you bring the authority back, they're not so overshadowed. Right. I thought it was great when the authority was gone for that month and Randy Orton was taken out. Seth Rollins was kind of standing on his own there. Oh, he was great. But now he's just another guy in this group where Kane and the Big Show are getting more coverage. Randy Orton is getting more coverage. And rightfully so, Randy Orton should because he's going to be your big baby face going into WrestleMania, we think. I I just don't understand why you'd make an NPC, a non-player character so strong on this show. I just don't get it. But that's, you know, that's been a long time complaint of mine. I thought you would have liked it because it was so Stephanie heavy. Well... I like Stephanie normally, and she was a big reason why Daniel Bryan got over at WrestleMania next year, but Stephanie McMahon doesn't have a place right now. I agree. In getting anything over for WrestleMania. 
And now she's probably going to insert herself into the diva storyline. I like if Randy Orton never waffled back into the authority and he was on his own and Stephanie was the mouthpiece for Seth Rollins. Like this is our new young hot guy. And you had Stephanie just gawking at him the entire month up into uh, into WrestleMania because the whole gimmick was Randy Orton was the face of WWE. Right. Stephanie McMahon was there siding Seth Rollins. And you're like, and no, this is the face. He's the hot young uh, guy. We're done with you. I think it's that, that again. It's that again. It's the face I, in the future. If Stephanie had just started going, now you listen to me and, and Orton had just arcaded over right there and left. Boom. I yeah. I mean, that's one way you could have done it, but I, if she's not browbeating Seth Rollins and if she's completely 100% behind Seth Rollins and you separate Stephanie from triple H cause triple H is doing his thing with sting. Yeah. I think this can work. Totally agree. I think it could work better. Uh, let's talk about this Intercontinental Championship deal that's happening in WWE right now. You have the Intercontinental <laughs> Champion, Bad News Barrett, who is losing mm-hmm. every match he's ever in and does yeah. not have the title belt right now because it was stolen by Dean Ambrose. You have R-Truth sitting in on commentary as if he's a major player now. Well, he did get that win. He got a win, yes. Somewhere Sin Cara is wondering, what do I have to do? Oh, he may get put in here, too. Oh, Jesus. What's happening here? You have Dean Ambrose staring off with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler's got nothing else to do. You got R-Truth and commentary, where I half expect R-Truth just to be, like, the loser of singles matches for all the guys who will eventually be in the oh, IC title match. I think everybody's losing. I think it's it's they're going to trade lo- losses for n- the next four weeks, next eight shows, and then it's going to be a multi-man ma- match. I think it'll be a multi-man match. Who's going to be in that match? I'm not ex- 100% sure of. I mean, seemingly Barrett. Ziggler and Ambrose for sure. But have you read these SmackDown spoilers? Maybe Daniel Bryan. Maybe Daniel Bryan. Which, okay, he's got nothing else to do. You know, it's he's not in the main event. What else is there? He's above this. Yeah, but I mean, there's nothing else for him. There's just nothing Mm. else for him. I don't know what's going to happen. I there could be like a four way. I mean, a lot of people out there wondering, you know, they're contemplating like a ladder match or something. So at least you have some type of gimmick or draw for an IC title. Cause a ladder match does make sense because you have Dolph or uh, Dean Ambrose who stole the title. Wade Barrett doesn't have his title. So they have to, you know, fight for it or whatever. Oh, okay. I was thinking, you know, kind of a six man match where you have a guy in each corner, then two to start. And then whoever gets the first pinfall wins. I, I could see maybe if you want to stuff six men into it, if you want to stuff our truth into it, and I don't know who else, Sheamus coming back. Yeah. You, you could have a six way intercontinental title uh, ladder match. I just don't think they're, I just don't think they're going to do the ladder match because it's too much like money in the bank. Well, yeah, especially if you have all six guys in there, it definitely yeah. is too much like money in the bank, but we still have a few months before money in the bank. And you know, we, we could it, see something like that, but Daniel Bryan in there surprises me a little bit, but I suppose it's better than a singles match with Sheamus or is it? I, especially if he wins, can you imagine if Rusev won at WrestleMania? I don't know what you do with Daniel. I don't know what you do with Daniel Bryan. I mean, I that's know. a lot of a lot of the excitement of WrestleMania <laughs> would be a Daniel Bryan Brock Lesnar match because you know it'd be a great match. In 2015, we could see a WrestleMania with John Cena going for the Intercontinental t- or John Cena going for the U.S. title and Daniel Bryan going for the Intercontinental title. Don't want to overshadow Roman. Secondary belts of Palooza. Mm. And you know what? Bill, I'm all for it. Can you? And what be, if both of them won too? I'd be for it if I thought it was going to build up any credibility in those belts, but what it's if, not. What if both of them won too? Oh, uh, we had a poll up at shakethemropes.com asking what was your favorite match from WWE Fastlane, and there were so many to choose from, Jeff Hawkins. So many to choose from. What the, was the result? The winner, 70%. Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns is your winner That's for the strong. most favorite match. 70% uh, in second place was John Cena and Rusev. In third place was the tag title match. And there was indeed one vote for Nikki Bella versus Paige for the Divas Championship as your favorite match from WWE Fastlane. Sounds about right. 70%, yeah. I I thought... On the night of the show, I really liked John Cena and Rusev, but I think part of it was my high hopes for Rusev. And I just like seeing Rusev in more powerful matches like that uh, because, yeah, that's pretty overwhelming. 70% going Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, which was excellent as well. And and I wouldn't have minded the tag match being second place. Yeah, 
no, that was that was a really good one too. I'm I'm actually pretty excited for the tag team possibilities with Kid and Cesaro in there. Um, I was, but this is Usos 101 where they Usos. have a great ma- where they have a great match with another team, much like they did the Wyatts, and then they, you're going to get it six more times before WrestleMania. You're going to have a lot of singles matches. You're going to have some and Jimmy Uso versus Cesaro matches, and it, and it's going to be the same match over and over and over again. Cesaro versus Jimmy Uso. Voicesofwrestling.com. You can catch our show, shakethemropes.com slash subscribe to subscribe to the audio podcast or shakethemropes.com slash YouTube to catch our YouTube show where you can watch myself and Jeff Hawkins over there on camera, which I know everyone is super excited about. Um, Not even my mom. Yeah, that's right. WWE NXT. Well, hold on. The the match I'm looking most forward to at WrestleMania at this point Uh is Rusev and Cena. Oh, well, I want to see I, I Rusev in a long in a long match. I want to see this. I'm I really do. I'm excited for that. That's a, the only thing I'm excited about right now, to be honest with you. In a weird way, and kind of in the same vein, I'm I'm interested in seeing a long Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match. But I would say John Cena and Rusev right now is my most favorite too. Like that's oh, the yeah. match where the day of the show, I'm going to be thinking about the matches on the show, and I'm like, I'm going to be excited when Rusev and John Cena come out. Still waiting for it to be something more than an '80s program, but you know, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing Rusev in a longer match and seeing what he can do. Maybe he comes off the top rope at I, some point. I like this idea that Rusev <laughs> already beat John Cena, so right now he's you know I've already beaten you. You're you're at the end of the line for my U.S. Championship. Oh, his promo was great. He was great on TV, and John Cena. I think if he's going, because John Cena is the underdog right now. If he can stay away from the comedy. And go with the, you know what, I'm trying to prove I'm a I'm not old. I'm trying to prove that I still the top guy here. But I lost you, once. You know it's coming. The comedy might come, yes. But Oh yeah. It's four weeks. It's coming. Keep the comedy away from Triple H and Sting at least. What did you think of that? Think of what? Oh, never mind. That's fast lane. It's all blending together. <laughs> with the oh, big the, the, the big Sting the Triple video. H segment on Raw? Actually, I thought the video was great. The video segment's great, but I mean, WWE always produces great video segments. I mean, I'm not going to dismiss it just because that. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame caliber video for Sting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll see if they play it at a (laughs) Hall of Fame. He goes in. (laughs) 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 Oh, Sting, the Hall of Famer. What are you going to do? Such a hater. Um, Speaking of uh, the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, mm. future inductee Alex Riley had a big night on WWE NXT TV uh, this week, but we're going to go through the last two weeks of WWE NXT uh, because these are the tapings that I was at live. Some tapings mm-hmm. that have gotten some interesting stuff going uh, in the world of NXT. Uh, so let's start talking about last week's show, Jeff. Let's, I know we bounced- one of the most enjoyable hours yeah. of television I've oh, watched. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved every, every segment was strong. I thought, I, I mean, I loved I loved not only Rhino's enthusiasm. Rhino came back. Well, I mean, he looked excited to be there, oh, and yeah. this crowd and this crowd was totally non-ironic nope. for him, which I loved. We loved I mean, I Rhino. thought I thought he, I thought he looked loved strong. It. Loved it. I thought he looked strong. I mean, he, he and he's going to be fine in in the role that he's playing there. I thought, I mean, you know, I got no problem with that. I thought that was great. We had. The, I thought, yeah, the oh, return the return of Rhino as he squashes Elias Sampson, which you. Uh, as soon as Elias Sampson comes in the ring, we know someone's getting a pretty quick win, you know, as far as being there live. But the crowd went nuts for Rhino. And then, and I tweeted this out at the time, the backstage face-off of Rhino and Finn Balor. Yeah, I thought that was well done. Like, what am I watching here? It's Rhino and Finn Balor facing off on WWE TV in 2015. I thought it was mm-hmm. a pretty cool moment. Pretty cool mm-hmm. moment. Um this is something I, we mentioned last week, and I want to get your thoughts on it now that you've seen it. Is okay. Big Cass and Enzo Amori being the next big thing in the tag team division as they beat the Villains. And what did you think about the Enzo beard that I described last week? Oh, that Enzo beard is... It, I, I was expecting leopard spots in it, not just plain blonde, but... Uh, well, from, from being there live, I couldn't really tell. I thought there were spots in the beard, but apparently not. It was just, you know, hair. It it's something. It was interesting look, <laughs> especially especially with the handkerchief over it at first, with oh, yeah. the <laughs> where he's pulling his his minor briscos. Uh, Carmella looking great in jean shorts. I might add. Um, I have no problem with this. I I really enjoy their interplay. I mm-hmm. thought, uh, 
you know, and I thought I thought the vaudevillains were perfect foils for it. And uh, you know what? I, I'd like to see what Enzo and Cass now do. I really do. I'm afraid they're gonna. I'm afraid they're gonna muck it up a little bit with the Carmella involvement, especially with the promo. And 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 also kudos to the dubstep cowboys. I I thought their promo was fine. Well, here's the thing about Carmella is she's a she's a good tool to use in this program to transition. Yeah. Uh, you know, Blake and Murphy into the heel side of this. Yeah. So, you know, she's there. Use her. I just hope she doesn't turn. That's 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 my fear is that, I then don't that see becomes it. convoluted. I don't see that happen. I just see it as a tool for them to use to get Team Bam onto the heel side, because otherwise there's real there's really no incentive or motivation for the crowd to start booing them. Because they were a big surprise when they're they're kind of the team that NXT fans would like to get behind because they were nowhere just a month ago. No, um, and they need to be built up a bit, and I right. think that's fine. And I, you know what, there was a lot of improvement over this show on a couple of promos. I thought the, you know, I thought uh, Murphy and Blake were fine, and I thought uh, I thought uh, Becky Lynch cut her best promo that I've seen in that little backstage yeah. up front. I thought yeah. that was really strong for her, um, and I'm happy about that. Uh, you know, I loved this. I thought the Sasha match again. I thought. You know, you don't like Leva, but I thought she was perfect in what she was doing in terms of being the fiery jobber who, you know, who frustrates the cocky heel. I mean, Sasha finding her role. Sasha Sasha playing off of her was perfect. Leva Bates is completely fine in her role, but her role doesn't mean she has to be signed and put on TV regularly. I don't. I'm not saying regularly, but you know, as your stable of jtts jobbers to the stars i think she's solid i think she does i I want people with a little bit you know you need those kind of ring mechanics who may not fit the wwe mold of a diva to be in there to make your stars look good so i have no problem with her being semi-regular on that front and just kind of you know having good matches with people no issue with that at all uh what came after that the uh cj is that cj parker the debut of real life superhero Solomon Crow. Oh yeah. Came out for to him completely destroy CJ Parker. And uh yeah, we had the debut. Solomon Crow after a year year and a half in the making. His gear leaves something to be desired, but the promo was good. Yeah, it's his gear though. I mean, it's the same Sal- Sammy Callahan just in WWE form. He's gotten a lot bigger th- since the last time I worked. I remember oh, doing yeah. matches with this guy in 2007 when he was in oh, IWA. Yeah. And, you know, he used to be a really fat guy, so he's got a lot of loose skin, so he wears no, the gear remember, to cover it up. And yeah, I remember him from uh, excellent w- shape. WRP yeah. tapings. Yeah. He was a little chubby then. and but Excellent but, shape know, think, now, though. Yeah, I just think he needs to be wearing kind of, uh, you know, kind of shorts as opposed to the trunks he's wearing now because of the legs and there's a little cellulite there and whatnot. It's kind of disturbing. And his color is a little, <laughs> well, I mean, he's brown. <laughs> he is an interesting color, yes. He does some yeah. tanning. That's fine, but you know, ha- have it be- work it in somehow. Maybe I'm around electronics hey, so much I turn brown. The, the Miz main evented a WrestleMania that color, so that's true. Hey, you know, but do no, it I, works. Thought, I thought I thought his promo was solid, and I thought CJ Parker. He said uh, one line. We return yeah. you to our regularly scheduled program. But the beatdown, I meant. The beatdown was good, yeah. The beatdown was good. Oh, you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm blending it with this week's NXT. So, which was, yeah, did, his promo. Did he appear pro- on this week's NXT? Yeah. He had a, uh, he had a backstage promo. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, where he was kind of, but no, I thought, you know, I thought the beatdown was good. I thought it was a good introduction for him. Yep. Sasha Banks beat Lava Bates. Mm-hmm. Pretty we, good little match. It was all right. Little match. You know, Sasha, Sasha's her first win. And now she'll take on uh, Charlotte next week on NXT for the women's championship. Mm-hmm. And then we had the main event, which I thought was the best match I saw all week. And that includes NXT uh, takeover rival. Just, just a cherry on top of a Sunday. I loved this hour. It was a great, great match. Adrian Neville versus Kevin Owens. Adrian mm-hmm. Neville was the former, you know, again, just like the Finn Balor match. The former top guy who is super credible in the ring, who's given it all he has, you know, hit spots that he wasn't even hitting on takeover. Like this was a, this was a takeover type match they were having on the main event yeah. of TV. 
Yeah, it was pay-per-view quality. Yeah. It was great. Love Kevin it. Owens playing into the fact that the previous week, you know, when Sami Zayn's match was stopped, he was asking the ref during the Adrian Neville match, hey, you going to stop it? You're going to stop it? Excellent bout. The My favorite match of that week being there at NXT. Uh, mm-hmm. Fabulous week of TV to set up what's coming in the future. And you kind of got the Adrian Neville uh, title contention to, to Kevin Owens out of the way, just making Kevin Owens that much more credible as champion. I think Owens is... Uh, from my previous Fantastic. expectations, he's, he's, he's exceeding my expectations of what he was going to be in NXT. I'm loving yes. this. I'm he, loving this. I mean, how many weeks on TV has he had? Eight? Yeah. I mean, this guy. This guy is fantastic. I hope others see what we see, but... You know, I think people are seeing, <laughs> I think people are seeing and the crowd, I mean, not, not, not people, people that matter. Right. But the yeah. crowd knows what they're doing too, because Kevin Owens always gets the big pop when he enters the arena, but then they quickly then they boo. boo him. They know yeah. what their role is. And Kevin Owens is doing nothing to be like super likable. He's taking out all of the NXT fans favorites. Mm-hmm. He's doing it. You know, he's not hitting super flashy moves until late when he has to, you know, he's grounding the opponents. He's beating them down with clubbing shots. He's not doing, doing anything things. flashy. Like, like I love the whole stalling thing when he yeah. kind of aped Zabisco. I mean, I love right. that. I mean, he just does. He's doing everything well, and I couldn't be happier for him. This week's NXT that we just watched had another returning superstar in the main event, uh, but it started off with Hideo Itami getting the mm-hmm. win over Bolt Dempsey just to kind of give Hideo somewhat of a win as he continues his program with Tyler Breeze. But Tyler Breeze, and this was why I continue to say he was the MVP of this tapings, what did you think about the selfie stick? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved, I love, and I loved the uh, setup bit where he's trying to take a picture, but he can't get the right angle. Right. And then all of a sudden he's up. I thought that was great. He's trying on the fun. angle. Eventually Hideo Tommy is up and he sees him in the background. I mean, this that stuff. Was, that was really clever. I mean, that was great. Yeah. And I tweeted out, we talk about guys who are ready to be on the main roster. Finn Balor, he's ready. Sasha Banks, she's the most ready of any of the NXT women. But I'd put Tyler Breeze right up there as a guy who can make it on TV. Uh, I think Breeze is ready. I, I think Breeze is more ready than Balor right now. And I say that only because he has his character a little bit more centered and he can cut promos, I mean, in front of a live crowd. We haven't really seen Balor cut Finn, that live promo yet. Finn Balor's character right now is an international stu- superstar who wins matches. That's his character. Right. No, then that's fine. I, I, I You're... You're concentrating on the part that I don't want you to concentrate on necessarily. The fact is he hasn't cut those right. style of promos that they're looking for just yet. So I, I just, you know what? Don't be in such a hurry to rush him up yet, kids, because if he cuts a bad promo his first time out there, he's not a guaranteed money just yet. So let's, right. you know, let's let's curb our enthusiasm a bit and, you know, let him develop that skill so that he is can't miss once he gets up to the main roster because nobody wants to see these guys fail. Yeah. The live crowd was certainly eating up all the Tyler Breeze stuff. Yeah. Looking forward I to the so. continuation of Breeze and Atami on NXT TV. Um, the Lucha it's Dragons. Really, you know what? It's a really good rehabilitation for Tyler Breeze. It yeah. really has been. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because the crowd loves Hideo Itami, and if you want to make Tyler Breeze a song, again, this is a mid-card feud with two, you know, potential main eventers, guys who have been main eventers on TV. This is one of those things you talk about when you talk about stacked cards, like, oh, they're they're relegating Hideo Itami to the mid-card. No, there's just only only so many spots on the top of the card. Sometimes main eventers will be in the mid-card. We're getting that with WrestleMania. I mean, you can heat Itami up after, after some guys get called up, and you'll be fine. Uh, if you're a big fan of Jason Jordan career advancement, this was the start for you as we got, I like him. Uh, we got I like the, him a lot. Lucha dragons beating Ty Dillinger and Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan decided, you know what? Enough with this. I'm done with this. Nowhere tag team. I'm done with this Ty Dillinger guy who, you know, has gone through three different names on WWE TV and just can't do anything right. He's going mm. off on his own, going off on his own. And we're going to get some Jason Jordan, advancement at some point it looks like i don't know if they're going to put him uh, with shoot nation who started to appear on tv and he's done some house shows with shoot nation or he might do something else on his own but i'm interested at least to see where they go with jason jordan a guy who i think could potentially be someone pretty big on nxt i think he's really good i, I really like him i i had tweeted before the breakup you know if they didn't have j and j security i would have put those two in suits and made them 
security or something for the authority. There I think a lot they, of guys you can put in suits with that. And you're right. Jason Jordan could have been one of them. I mean, people always talk about putting like Seamus and Wade Barrett or some guy like that. Big guys in suits big always guys look in suits. good and intimidating. Yeah. You know, you, you could have put, uh, um, well, God, why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Lone Wolf. Baron Corbin. God. Baron Corbin. Thank S- you. Speaking <laughs> of Baron Corbin, Ty Dillinger cutting a promo on Jason Jordan who left him, calls out anyone next to have a match. Out comes Baron Corbin. You can tell how that goes. Baron Corbin Make, quickly. Makes you realize how big Dillinger is, too, when Corbin's in there and they're almost, I mean, they're not quite the same height, but Dillinger's, Dillinger's a, big a pretty dude. big guy. He's a little, he's yeah. not thick by any means, no. but he's a bigger no. guy. Uh, but no. Baron Corbin gets a win, and this was the first show, like, we saw it live, but on TV, and I, I don't think I'm the only one who's noticing this, but Baron Corbin's getting more comfortable on TV in these matches. He's starting to, you know, be himself a little bit more, send out a character, and he's talking in the ring there a little bit more. Granted, he's only in there for 20 seconds, but the guy seems comfortable being on TV now, a lot more so than he was two months ago. Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, they 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 see something in him, so... Let's keep him strong. I, I see no something problem. in him too. I mean, this is a guy that you could put eventually on WWE TV. And I think large segments of the crowd could get behind him. Kind of like a Roman Reigns in a way. Like if you're not pushing him to the top of the card, I think you can get similar reactions to what Roman got his first year and a half in. But you gotta okay. be careful not to over push him. Uh, Becky Lynch defeated Bailey in about five minutes with an arm bar as Becky Lynch has started to become the new it girl in the WWE NXT women's division, which I think they're going to do Sasha and Becky in a singles match. By the time we get to the next special, which is still about two months away, I think they're building Becky up to be that new it girl in the female division. Uh, yeah. As long as her interviews continue to improve, I have no problem with that. Cause in the ring, she's fantastic. But, and again, I see a lot more in Bailey than the WWE does. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I will get into a Bailey discussion later on, but not right now. Oh, will um, we? Maybe, okay. maybe later on down the weeks. Uh, we'll see what she does on TV later. Um, All right. Do that Bailey Emma. That's what I'm talking about. Do Bailey and Emma on NXT. You know, All Bailey right. doesn't need to be in the title division. Emma, you want to turn and get something. She's been in there. She's been in there for a while. She needs to cool down a bit right. and then build her back in. And you know what? I think she should have at least one run before she gets, if she ever does get called up. I do think Bailey should get at least one because the underdog has to win. I mean, it's a natural story. Otherwise, she's a geek. Right. The surprising return live of the Brian Kendrick against Finn oh, Balor in the I have main a soft event. Spot in my, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Brian Kendrick. I love yeah. his music. I always loved the, uh, the Kendrick big Zeke interplay. I always loved the, the smart, smaller, smart ass guy with the bodyguard. I love that, yeah. that whole dynamic. I mean, that was part of my packet when I applied for creative. So I, I still, mean, I love that interplay as a tag team. I do. I still remember. And you know, some people remember this segment because it was Colt Cabana's like debut SmackDown match. But I remember the Scotty Goldman and the Brian Kendrick match on SmackDown where Brian, huh. Brian Kendrick is cutting a promo beforehand. And then he's like, he gives the mic in front of big Zeke where big Zeke is this big, scary guy. And it's like a yes or no question or something. And, and I expect big Zeke just to say no or something simple and strong. And he says, and he, he ends up saying like two sentences in a soft spoken manner. Oh yeah. I, I don't even know. I wish I could, I should go gimmick find that at some point, but gimmick dead when they do that. But, uh, and then, and then they gave kind of Kendrick the little bit more of the spaced out uh, aspects of his personality, which it's so are great. endearing, endearing. But I don't care for him all that it's much. So great, Brian Kendrick's like, not no one can handle me, and he puts them, he puts the mic in front of uh, Big Zeke, and he's like, not a one, sir, not a one. <laughs> like, what do you just say? No, say yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's funny, but Brian Sorry, Kendrick. Um, I Excellent match. match. They cut. They actually uh, a note because I was at this match live, and you know okay. I know how long it went. They cut a couple of minutes out of this match. Like, they? they went to a TV break in the middle, and I think at that point they just cut some of it out because it went a lot longer live than it did with the commercial break oh. on TV tonight. It, they That's went something like eleven minutes on TV, and you know, that Kendrick was, had a nice showing here. I thought he was really great. Strong. He still yeah. looks good. I mean, he's in shape. You know, maybe more so even than when he was on WWE, uh, WWE TV the last time. Um, excellent shape. Finn Balor, great showing here. But during the match. Yes. And I understand completely if you guys are upset 
that they were concentrating, you know, half of the bout on things going on at commentary instead mm-hmm. of the match itself. But on commentary, we had the start of my favorite program of 2015, the Alex Riley Kevin Owens feud. Kevin Owens sat in on commentary. Alex Riley was asking him some pesky questions, as Alex Riley is prone to do. Kevin Owens got a little upset, Jeff. Yeah, I guess because I see Riley as more of a heelish character. So happy about this. The whole why you do that to your friend as opposed to something, you know, really over the line a bit. But you know what? I have no problem with that since Kevin Owens is the main heel on the roster. So sure. Why not do that? I I got no problem with that as long as Riley can hold up his end in the ring. Excellent match between Balor and Kendrick. Balor got the win with the double stomp. But on commentary, Kevin Owens, he leaves commentary in the middle of the match because Alex Riley is upsetting him. And Kevin Owens Owens wants to get out. Owens was really strong here. Owens is great. You know, just sitting there as this guy. He's talking about why he does everything that he does. He's trying to make a better life for his family. He's trying to do things Mm -hmm. that, you know, he doesn't care what other people think of him. He's he only cares about what his family thinks of him. Perfect heel stuff because real heels don't think that they're the bad guy. Right. Absolutely. He's the good guy providing for his family. Mm -hmm. Winning the championship. And Alex Riley is upsetting him. So Kevin Owens, you know, comes back out at the end of the match. Him and Baylor are facing off. But Owens is still steaming from Alex Riley's questions that he tosses him over the announce table. Yeah. And then returns to staring at Finn Balor. I thought Tom had a pretty good evening, too, on commentary. Tom Phillips is excellent. I was happy yeah. to see him show up on uh, on the set when I was there at the TV tapings because, you know, he's he was the main event announcer. And honestly, main event has no viewership in the U.S. right now. Right. So putting him on something that the U.S. fans might see is, is worthwhile because Tom Phillips is, in my mind, better than Rich Brennan is. And he's potentially the next big announcer for WWE. So I like Tom. Phillips. Yeah, he, he's still a little vanilla, but I like him. Yeah, I those, I, like, I like him better than that creepy backstage interviewer they got. Greg is that his name? Yeah, he's the uh, yeah he's the NXT live event host who started to creep up on TV. These interviewers, man, between those two, they got to stop. I mean, all the interviewers well, need to have. He's a Florida guy. Like he's not the typical guy that comes from news organizations that they hire to be on WWE TV. Right, but they never give these people anything to do other than say, how do you feel or what were you thinking? As opposed to like when Okerlund was doing the job, he'd always have an interplay and he'd have personality yeah. that would shine through these whole things. And I know you we can't say really that compare. for everyone. Well, yeah, but I mean, Everybody. like all old school announcers did this. They should sit him down, let him watch David Crockett or whoever and do it. Sure. Just let him do Lan- it. Lance Russell. Come on. That was NXT TV. Mm-hmm. And now we move along to our top 100 matches to see on WWE Network before you die. The countdown from WWE.com, which by the time we're done with this list, by the way, I'll be 80 years old. Well, not even that, but there's going to be like 20 other matches you could probably put on this list. Like there's already been three or four that you could probably put on this list. You know, the oh, Royal sure. Rumble, you know, three way. You could put Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens on this list if you really wanted you to put a lot of Chris Benoit matches. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> What, <laughs> well, who, you won't, but you could. Who'd that guy ever beat? But we did uh, match number 87 mm-hmm. was the WCW Cruiserweight Championship Triangle match from Starcade of 1998. Juventud Guerrera, Billy Kidman, mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio Jr. This mm-hmm. is at the height, the peak of the Latino World Order angle before Eddie Guerrero had his car accident, kind of took him away from TV for a little bit. Which only happened like four days later. Like this was Eddie Guerrero's like last major thing on WWE TV for a while. Uh, the show started because it was the first match on the show. I want to take you through the first minutes of WCW Starcade 1998 and what fans saw as this pay-per-view began. Proceed because I believe you were watching with virgin eyes, correct? No, I, I watched this show, Did but I haven't seen in- it since Starcade. Like I, it's okay. been 17 years since I saw this. Oh, all right. But I actually did. I'm pretty sure I purchased this show. Okay. And saw it. You have Tony Schiavone with uh, who Bobby Heenan and Mike Tanay, I believe, were his cohorts. Yes. yes. The show opens with Tony Schiavone talking about how the main event on this show, which was Kevin Nash and Goldberg, mm-hmm. was surely the biggest world title match in the history of the sport, because why not? Everything was the biggest thing in the world to Tony Schiavone. Biggest world well, I, believe, I believe also Nash had the book at this point. Yeah, 
Biggest world title match ever. And Tony Schiavone opens with the line. They're talking about Goldberg and then Kevin Nash. And in referring to Kevin Nash says, a man that we know can dethrone Goldberg. A man that we know can dethrone Goldberg. Right. How would you know that? Mm. He hasn't done it yet. A man that we know. I just thought that was an interesting line for some reason. Maybe I'm alone in thinking that, but Goldberg against a man we know can dethrone him. I mean, in theory, wouldn't any title contender possibly be a guy that can dethrone him? But with Kevin Nash, I feel like he wanted that line said. Like, let's put me over a little bit, boys. You think? Let's put me over a little bit. I'm a man who can beat this guy. Biggest world title match ever. But then we cut to a very important promo for Wednesday of the same week. When WCW would be on QVC. This is how the pay-per-view started with a hype job for QVC WCW on Wednesday night. That was the first five minutes of the show. Already yeah. thrilled. So excited for Starcade. Didn't, didn't they also show the Bigelow build, the Bigelow Scott Hall thing no, going not, into Goldberg and that? Or okay. I mean, mind. they they cut, I mean, the very basic video package to open the show. And then you had the, the announcers talking. And then you have the QVC promo. And then the very next thing before our first match was Gene Okerlund putting over the 909-9900 yeah. hotline. Yeah. And how there we were guys backstage. We can't tell you who they are on TV, but please. I always hated those hotline segments because Gene Okerlund was on the entrance ramp with the microphone piped into the crowd. So the crowd's listening to Gene Okerlund at the start of the show talk about who's backstage, but the crowd wouldn't find out. Right. How the crowds just didn't start booing Gene Okerlund over the years amazes me. Because if they tried to do that now, the crowds would go apeshit, like in a negative way. Gene and Bob Ryder awaiting your calls. Bob Ryder. A dollar sixty nine a minute. Parents get your uh, uh, or children get your parents' permission. Bob and actually, Ryder. if you're a parent too, get your parents' permission also. I have thoughts on Bob Ryder, but we'll continue. We don't need to talk about Bob Ryder tonight. <laughs> okay, um, good. So our first match was the uh, triangle match. It was mm-hmm. not the only cruiserweight championship match on the show. No, as we'll get to as well. Correct. But the first thing I noticed when this match was done is you don't see many triangle or three-way matches like this because most of the action had all three guys involved. It wasn't one guy out of the ring while a singles match happens. All three of oh, them were involved, Jeff. That That's my first note on here. That's why I, I love this match. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think of it? Did you like it? It, it was enjoyable. I, I think okay. that's why that might've been the key to why I liked it because I, I, that, no, that that's what enthralled yeah. me about this. Cause I haven't seen a three-way match like this in, in a right. long time where it's like all three guys all three are in the ring and it's very real, you know, it's as realistic as a pro wrestling match of this style could be in terms right. of all three guys are in there. They're all kind of hitting spots when one spot misses, like, you know, you'll do a jump over of one guy and another guy. will just clothesline him. And, Oh, I love that. Yeah, you, I love, I love that aspect of it. And the announcers were putting over how many near falls they had, because again, with all three guys in there, it was nearly impossible to get a pinfall. Because the other guy was always there to break it up. All three guys were in the ring. Yeah, like the belly to back into the clothesline spot mm-hmm. that they did. I thought that was great. And the announcing was great, too. Like, even like Heenan, Heenan asking how many covers had happened in the match. Yeah. And and also just even the the thing about holding on to the apron on that, on that Ray spot. Where, there, where both Shivani and Heenan, who sometimes can't stand each other on air and you can tell yeah this time they were working together i thought they were really really good no i i i honestly wasn't even concentrating that much on the announcing which in wcw times i usually do because the action in the ring was nonstop. we were getting move after move and pinfall after pinfall and uh before the match juventud guerrero who was in the lwo at this point I like him. This is right when Rey Mysterio, they were kind of, will he, won't he? But Juventud was in there. Comes out to Eddie Guerrero's music, which was the LWO music, which still to this day, awesome music. One of my most favorite. Yeah. I love the Eddie Guerrero music in WCW. He's such a great, he's such a great shit heel too. Hoovy. Hoovy was great. He might've been a little, uh, you know, not of sound mind during this match. Possibly. During his entire career. Because Charles Robinson during this match, every time Juventud Guerrero was, you know, taking the pinfall attempt, Mm -hmm. Charles Robinson looks so nervous to make a count because he was worried that Juventud, it looked like he was worried Juventud wouldn't kick out. Juventud 
was doing this thing where, uh, and even Shivani mentioned it during the commentary, where he would be basically out on his back until like the count of two, and then right. he'd get up and he'd break up the pin. So I could I could see that. Yeah, it, it was just you can notice Charles Robinson. At least I did, and we talked about this before the show. Is I like to watch the referees a lot of the times just to see how they're interacting mm-hmm. with everyone. But Charles Robinson, you know, when Kidman was taking the fall, when Ray was taking the fall, no problem. Looks a little apprehensive when, when Hooventud is taking the fall. Like, I don't know if he's going to kick out here. Um, Hooventud was also playing up to the camera. He couldn't mm-hmm. stop smiling during this oh, match. Oh, he couldn't stop talking to the camera. Couldn't stop could talking to the camera. Good couldn't Lord. stop smiling. It was like, Hoovy, Although, yeah, he was loving Hoovy, his night. Hoovy's the only one who could pull this off, I think, at that time in WCW. <laughs> The uh, the crowd was enjoying the match a little bit, but they really didn't come alive until Eddie Guerrero came out at the very end. Like that's well, when the before, crowd stood up and went crazy. Oh, before we get to that, yeah, I didn't I didn't mind the end. I, little Nate has a moment in this match yeah. that that I loved. Uh-huh. It was when uh, it was when Ray does the moonsault off of the off of the in the middle of the top rope onto okay. the other two. Yep. And and he just has this reaction like, I can't believe I just saw that. What are you guys doing? What are you fools? And it was just great. I was He's just, so great at that. For some, for some reason, I just looked at him during that moment. And I just laughed uproariously. Oh, that was so good. Not to break up the uh, the segment too much, but Kevin Owens on Twitter after this NXT TV show uh-huh. tweeted, calm down, friends. All I wanted to do was hashtag free Riley from the headset that was stuck to his ridiculously overgelled hair. Kevin Owens, so good. Um, we had Eddie Guerrero come out at the end, the leader of the LWO, and his interference backfires a little bit. The whole angle was to set up; they wanted someone in the LWO because it was LWO uh, two of the LWO members taking on Kidman for the title. One and a half, but yes, one and a half, kind of right. Right, it was kind of whatever. By the way, Billy Kidman, the only wrestler who should ever wear jorts. All right, <laughs> as opposed to John Cena. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing how his WCW getup was the tank top and the jean shorts. And then he goes and puts on real gear in WWE. And it's a mixture of having the real gear and also trying to get into WWE size. The dude looks like two of him in WWE. Oh, yeah. He was one Kidman in WCW, two Kidmans in WWE. But Eddie Guerrero comes out. Uh, Juventud Guerrero, or no, Kidman has Hoovy rolled up in like a sunset flip. As Charles right. Robinson is looking at Ray on the outside. Right. So Eddie Guerrero jumps in, pulls Kidman down. So now that Hoovy is on top in a roll up, the ref comes in, starts making a count, but Ray Mysterio recovers, kicks Hooventude. The drop kick. Yeah. The drop Does kick. The drop and kick. Him over. Yeah. So Ray is, you know, he hits this desperation drop kick and kind of bumps himself. So he's, you know, recovering in the corner, but his drop kick put Kidman back on top of Hoovy. So Kidman gets the win there. And the LWL fails in its mission with Eddie Guerrero's help. Kidman retains the title and then Eddie gets mad. Eddie gets mad that no one in the LWO could do it. Calls him a sissy boy. Calls him a sissy boy. Says it was all, uh, he didn't use these words, but says it was all worked up. Like it was, it was all in the cards for the LWO to win and they couldn't, you know, finish the job. Eddie working that sweet mullet. So Eddie as the super heel says that he could have won the title. Calls yeah. Billy Kidman out for a title match, not expecting, obviously, Billy to say yes. But Billy does say yes. He comes back out for a match, and then Eddie goes, oh, well, I'm not mentally prepared. I'm not ready for this match. I'll do it another yeah, time. He's, he's in his Dean Ambrose gear with the wife beater right. and jeans. And yeah. then they have the title match, and it goes just as long as the three-way did. Billy Kidman he's worked in- about 28 minutes to open Starcade 98. Yeah, he has another, I forget which pay-per-view it was but another one in this year where he works oh it's the one where uh it's, he ends up having that catch his catch can yep, match with dean, with dean malenko, malenko and, he, and he works three matches in one night three matches in one night like, even though the dean match only goes about two minutes because dean dumps out of the ring yeah he had a match with saturn and then a match with the wall yep. i think yeah yeah let's just put it's it's as if they were paying kidman like way too much so they said let's work him as much as we can on every show that's <laughs> what it felt like the catches catch can match yeah uh, Eddie looked a little uh, big to me. Well, this is where I, 1998 was the year where Rey Mysterio was starting to get bigger in size. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero was getting bigger in size. It's like they all knew what was coming. They had to get bigger. Mm-hmm. 
and they were getting bigger in size. Yeah, and, and I they liked, probably all I liked, did it together. And I like the story of the Eddie match as well, where it's like Ray's kind of foiling the cheating thing of Hoovy, and Hoovy's just kind of kind of hovering over Ray the entire time as being a turncoat, and then the whole oh. shoe thing. Well, Ray was still a good guy. Like he wanted to join yeah. the LWO because he believed in the progress movement of the Latinos yeah. in WCW. But yeah. he didn't want to join to be doing crappy heel stuff. He right. was joining for the cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a unique take. Like, you can be in a heel group without being a heel. True. WCW was doing some progressive stuff, man. Their mid-card was great during this the mid, time. The mid-card was great. The undercard. I mean, the low card. Yeah, this is the, the first the, two the, matches the, on the, the show. Yeah, yeah. the undercard and, and the mid-card were phenomenal. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about match number 86 on the countdown, which is oh, Christian... What? Watch this match, everybody. Watch it. Just, it's very good. It's really, it's really entertaining. It and then really watch is. the Kidman Guerrero match right after it. Yeah. Um, next week we're going to talk about Christian and Randy Orton in a no holds barred match from SummerSlam 2011 for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Although at the time it was only the World Heavyweight Championship, it was the SmackDown title. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that one. That's the next match in the list. A, a program, Randy Orton and Christian, the program. I think it's still fondly remembered by those who are watching closely, but overall it got, it got very much overshadowed by what was going on in the raw brand that same period, because that was the CM Punk leaving angle. It was the CM Punk's uh, John Cena stuff. So not many people remember the John or the Randy Orton Christian stuff. Also, they're going to put no kind of advertising or plugging behind Christian and Christian. It's so so under, he was so undervalued at this point. He was the champion, by the way, going into this this match. This this was was a title defense. This was his one last run type of uh, program. And it, he was so good in this in all the matches. And everybody said he was so good, but nobody would ever, you know, <laughs> Vince wants to put a blue dot over his face. Because right. this is coming after the Money in the Bank program where the Money in the Bank match ended with Randy Orton kicking Christian in the balls mm-hmm. to cause the DQ, which won Christian the title. So this was Randy Orton's rematch here coming up at SummerSlam 2011. Again, I remember the Money in the Bank match a lot more. So I'm interested in seeing, I haven't seen the Randy Orton Christian SummerSlam match since SummerSlam of that year. So it'll be new to me. I mean, it was three and a half years ago. No, and I I remember it fondly. So it'll be be new to me. So we're going to talk about that next week. We're also going to talk about uh, Brock Lesnar, maybe, you know, depending on if he shows up on the show or not. We'll see. I don't think he's scheduled for Raw, but we'll see. If Brock makes too much of a stink, do you think they go back to Reigns and Brian? No, you're getting Lesnar and Roman. Well, I mean, what if what if Lesnar just says screw you? I'm not well, going to do Well, if Lesnar doesn't come to WrestleMania, yeah, but I don't think he's not coming to Mania. Okay, I'm just throwing that out. He's there. Still contracted for that. Whatever problems he has with future contracts, whatever, but he's still contracted for that. He's not going to miss that. Okay. Another big aspect to it is money. I mean, people are starting to get their paychecks from the WWE Network, and they're not so great. Duh. Very well could lead to, you know, <laughs> if Brock Lesnar's contract states he makes a certain percentage of WrestleMania buys and WrestleMania is only going to do 150,000 buys this year compared to the 800,000 he expected. You know, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, well, I mean, that was part of the point of the whole network thing anyways, that's, was to put the money straight to Vince and not to the boys. So. That's, a, that's a pretty big deal. Um, so, yes. Uh, also, we talked about this a little bit. Samoa Joe back in Ring of Honor. We did the breaking news of Samoa Joe quitting. He's going back to Ring of Honor. He is going to work the uh, middle of March dates in Milwaukee and Chicago. And I should be going to the Chicago show to see Samoa Joe, hopefully not against Michael Elgin. Hopefully against Jay Briscoe. And if you're a Samoa Joe fan and you're going to be at PWG on Friday, you may have a good night. I think he's going to be there. You may have a good night. It fits, it fits right into the Trevor Lee storyline. Trevor Lee wins the title. Samoa Joe comes back. Well, you haven't beaten yep. me, son. Yep. Haven't I, beaten I, me. Oh, I hope that happens. Trevor I Lee and I, Samoa Joe is actually. I I, hold on. I believe I tweeted that. I think you're stealing that from me. I broke this news uh, like a month ago. No, I'm what, just kidding. Thing? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Trevor Lee and Samoa Joe is a match I'd be hyped for. Oh, yeah. Really I, think Trevor, I think Trevor Lee is really, really good. I mean, he's not. <laughs> technically he ain't the best in the world, but man, I love watching him brawl. He's good. I enough. do. And yeah. yeah. And the type of guys he's had his feuds with have been pretty good. I mean, Roderick strong is nothing is Adam. topping his PWG run over the last year and right. a half to me. Oh no. He's a great heel. And he's Adam Cole's amazing in PWG. In this. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that'll be in PWG. We're going to uh, have comments on the Ring of Honor shows, the PWG shows that Jeff's going to on Friday. So we'll talk about I, all that. If I, if I can get in. If you can get in because you don't have tickets. It's a very tough sell there in PWG. But we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about next week on Shake Them Ropes. So for this week, we'll say goodbye. Rob Karen, Jeff Hawkins. Go to ShakeThemRopes.com. Subscribe to us. See ya. Lucha, lucha, lucha. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.